Right, you're the voice. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 0800 150811. 0800150811. You know the number. We can talk about anything. We can talk about the Cricket World Cup if you like. I was uh, lucky enough to be there, of course, um, and uh, alongside some of the most notable commentators in the world, the modern-day commentators. Uh, and also, of course, I was able to uh, get a take on just how it was when India won 10 in a row and they thought they were going to win the World Cup. And, of course, Australia, with their brilliance, their absolutely brilliant strategies and implement, implementation of those strategies, snuffed them out from the get-go. It was They just took them out of play. It was quite fascinating. So we'd love to hear from you on uh, any of those topics. Of course, Phoenix over the weekend. We've got to uh, find a new Kiwi coach. Uh, Razor took over what, um, earlier this month and uh, already said a couple of interviews to the effect that um, you know, he wants to make it his turn with the fern, etc. Uh, he's got a hard job, there's no doubt about it. And a great reflection actually was in the World Cup because the Rugby World Cup was still going on at the same time. And a number of people, including the South Africans, of course, hugely interested in uh, the Rugby World Cup. And so pretty pleased to talk about it from time to time, particularly, of course, after they won the final as well. But everyone agreed, uh, everyone agreed, win, lose or draw, the game's in a mess in terms of the officiating. It's an absolute mess. And even, if, even as winners of the World Cup, they're not happy with the direction the game is taking. So that was interesting uh, to talk to those, those people as well. Right, OK, let's, uh, let's open up the lines. And Dean, Dino is there from Dunedin. Hey, Dean, been a long time. Good morning to you. Yes, me. Uh, hang on, let's turn this bloody thing off. Great to have you back. But... Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, I hate it when you're What are you working on? Okay. Yeah, um, are you there? Yeah, over here, man. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd just like to say that how tough is it to win World Cups at home? You know, like obviously South Africa did it in the rugby, and we did in 2011. I suppose England in the cricket last time as well. But it just shows you that that home pressure. Because India are a hell of a sort. A hell of. A, I love the tournament. Like to be there where you were, mate, has been like. Almost heaven, mate, really. Like, the crowds are unbelievable for the finals game. The rest of the time is really disappointing, to be fair, but just that expectation, pressure that puts on the players, it's incredible, isn't it? You still have to be there to, I don't like to watch on TV, but I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I could see it coming, to be honest. I laughed when I was saying about Australia, the big show, no show in the first couple of games. And I put on the radio channel, you're away. They'll play us and they'll win nine in a row. i the damn thing. But um, this is Australia. It's criminal, criminal attitude or criminal mentality or never give up. It's, I love, I absolutely love everything about the way they approach sport, except for the selection of coaches. They've got a bit of his life. Anyway, it does. Good, it, mate, but loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, just get back to your original point. I've, I've never seen a side under more pressure uh, than the Indian cricket team, Dean. Um, the reason why is because they continued to win. And when they continued to win, uh, there was a, this this massive wave of belief around the whole country. And it was uh, the most incredible level of pressure I have ever, ever seen on uh, one bunch of individuals. The captain in particular, Rohit Sharma, um, and also Virat Kohli, who is the most idolised sportsman I have ever seen, in my life anyway. I mean, you know, Warney, and Warney was massive in cricket. Shane Warney, you've had your heroes over the years. But this fellow, uh, Virat Kohli, um, he bats with the country on his shoulders. Uh, I don't know how he, he can't possibly live anything like a normal life. And, um, you know, he, he, he wouldn't 
he wouldn't know what it was just to, to pop down to the local shop and or the local restaurant. He just can't do it. He's just not able to do it, Dean. The, the life, the life that they lead, uh, they're superstars. They live a, a life of, of of a king, most of them. But with that comes that responsibility that I'm not sure anyone would want to live with. Oh, 100 percent. I got goosebumps listening to it. But just the mark of the man was the fact that when he when he surpassed the little legend himself with the 50-50s he was, David Beacon's in the crowd to watch. You know that says it all. Like you just. You've absolutely nailed. People don't understand pressure, mate. We're, that's why we live here, Smithy. You know, mm. it's exactly why you go down to your workman's club, whatever, and have a beer with the guys you want to. Those guys, they would love that. And, and the media get into them because they sort of lose the plot from time to time. Well, try being in their shoes just for a day. It would be a nightmare, absolute nightmare. But the money's great, you know. But what price do you put on life? You know what I mean? But it was a fabulous it. it was just so good to watch. What price do you put on life um, and the opportunity to live a, a, a normal life? Dean, thanks very much. Uh, great to talk to you, man. I feel like I'm home having had a chat with you. Uh, Cliff from Dunedin. Good morning, Cliff. Yeah, good morning, Smitty. I think it's good to be home in your own bed. It is. It is. It's, uh, it's a little bit chillier than I've uh, been used to, and it's been very wet here in Hawke's Bay, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to some sunshine, uh, but it's always great to, to great to be home, Cliff, and breathe fresh air because that's one problem they do have in India. They have uh, pollution, air pollution problems uh, in the major centres, which are absolutely um, horrific. So uh, that is not a good thing. But apart from that, it was great. Cliff, uh, how, how's things with you? Yeah, very well. Yeah, good. I was up in Napier uh, a couple of weeks ago. My son lives up there, local electrician, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll keep keep dry. It's been tough for the family, extended family. But uh, mm. yeah, hey, hey. Just talking about Indian cricket, is it is it on the level? I, I remember watching the documentary about how the Indians live at different levels of power blocks. You know, the the wealthy people live at the top, and as you come down, people become less, more poorer. And the bottom. Do you think that's the reason why? So few people were going to the. You look at the the people in the stands; they all look like royalty. Um, do you think that's a that's an issue with with Indian cricket that only the well, sort of elitists can afford to go or are allowed to go? I think that's a very fair point. Uh, I think uh, for most people, uh, you know, got to understand one point four billion was the latest count. One point four billion live in India alone, um, <laughs> and that doesn't. And, Incorporate all the Indian cricket fans that are uh, based around the world either. So what what you have to uh, take into account is only those that um, can afford it can go, obviously. Um, and there is a vast amount that have absolutely no chance of finding finding uh, the the money to go to a game, an international game of cricket. And those tickets were priced quite dearly as well. And they were quite happy to absorb the fact that a lot of the stadiums weren't full at times because. That's just the way it is over there. But you're right. Uh, life over there is pretty much what you're born into, and only the lucky get the opportunity to improve uh, that. And that's why a lot of these these cricketers, uh, uh, you know, that come through the ranks, have come through the very wealthy systems. Uh, they get recognised early on in the piece, and they just get a pathway through. Uh, there's a, there have been stories in the past of those that have been discovered out of the back blocks. I'll give you one for example. John Wright discovered Jasper Bumrah. Um, you know, Jasper Wilmer has got this freakish action that 
you would not um, be able to coach anyone in this country. It's just an action. And John Wright said, leave this guy alone. He could be something special. And had, if you speak to Jasper Boomerah, whose life has now changed, and he's a very, very wealthy man, uh, he will credit a lot of his opportunity to one New Zealand fellow by the name of John Wright. And that, that's just a, it's a rare opportunity. Usually the rich, the rich prosper um, and continue to prosper over the cliff. Yeah, you're right. The, the thing I felt was the problem with the Indian team was that 8, 9, 10 and 11 just didn't offer them anything with the bat. And another 20 or 30 runs in that final could have made all the difference. And really they were on target to make 280 at halfway stage, but they just didn't have any batting at the tail to, to wag with the, with the, anybody in there. And I think that was the problem. You know, the, the Ravi Ashwin, really, I don't know why they don't play him in that 50-over side. He's a class player at both bat and ball, and I just think they missed the boat. But, look, you can't take it away from the Aussies. They know how to win, win tournaments. They just quietly lost the first couple, but... They just did the business, and, and they just fighted to bowl, and they put pressure. You know, but the Indians, I think, had their opportunity to, to set a target of, two, of close to 300, but they just couldn't do it. And that was the end, wasn't it? That was the end, Cliff. You're absolutely right. And one of the reasons why we, we have to move on, one of the reasons why they failed is because they didn't have to bat throughout the, re, the remainder of the tournament. So num- they got the job done from number f- down to number five, who was Kale Rahul. Even Shurius uh, uh, Shuriyash uh, Kumar didn't have to uh, to bat very often as well. Shuriyash Kumar Yadav, yeah, that's just his name. They call him Sky because, like me, they can't present it, pronounce it very well. They call him Sky, so he only had one or two bats of substance in the tournament as well. He tried to hold them together in the final. They couldn't do it, and they had no tail, as you say. Beautifully summed up, Cliff. Love to talk to you. Uh, nice to have, have you back on the airwaves. Scott, uh, good morning to you, Scott, from Taranaki. Good morning, Ian. I'd like to talk to you about the test match tomorrow against Bangladesh. It, 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 yep. show, it has a few interesting things in picking that line-up. I think most of it's picked. Um, I think they will go with Nichols uh, over someone like Young or Ravinda um, because he did a double ton in his last test match and he's hit three centuries in domestic cricket over the summer already this year. Just don't give him a helmet and a ball and put them together. Um, and the other the other spot that I find will be interesting will be Santner versus Phillips, and the other one will be Sodi versus Jamison. Uh, Jamison, sorry. Uh, I think Patel will make the side, Saldi will make the side, and Wagner will make the side. And the other ones are Blundell, Mitchell, Williamson, Conway, Latham. So I find those wow. three spots with you know with those guys there. I mean Phillips, Santner, Jamison versus Sodi, Ravinda, Young, Nichols. Um, I think they may go Ravinda because of the bowling option in form hot hand They instead of Nichols. I think Young is definitely not on the table because I think they see him as an opener. And Phillips versus Santner will be fascinating stuff. And and I don't know if Jameson, for me, has had enough bowling overs to go and put him in a game of test cricket. Okay, interesting. Well, I've written a side down. Uh, Scott, you might uh, disagree with that. Thanks very much for your call. But I've, I've wrote a side down as well, and it's pretty much the side that I read about yesterday. But I think they'll go with Latham and Conway, the two left-handers at the start. Then Williamson, obviously, I think. Um, even though Tom Latham's form has dropped off, I thought that was under pressure of doing too much in the World Cup. I think back at, in the opening role in Test cricket, uh, he'll be back better served. I'd go Mitchell at four, Daryl Mitchell at four. I would play Ravindra at five. I, I would absolutely play Rutch and Ravindra. I think his batting is it's just 
out of this world brilliant. I mean, the guy has to find a spot in that top six. And for me, with his left arm spin occasionally, it's not a factor for me. I want the runs from Ravindra. He's a terrific player. Nichols sneaks in at six yeah, on the back of that uh, double hundred on the... Um, but, you know, I, I don't think he's an absolute uh, necessity to have because you've got Blundell, Tom Blundell, um, uh, to come in at seven. I mean, that makes it a hell of a long batting lineup. I don't know if they need that against Bangladesh. I think probably invest in another bowler, but uh, they probably won't. Then they'll go Sodi and Patel for me. They have to be the two spinners. Ajaz Patel has to be in that side. Each Sodi, and they have to have two new ball bowlers, I think, just in case. So uh, Jameson and Saudi for me. So I think I'll give it to Jameson. Who put a, I can tell you, Scott, he put a lot of work in on the ground over there. He didn't get much time in the middle, but he was working overtime. So I think that for that reason. 9.22, thanks so much for your calls.